Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and thank you for joining us again today on broadcast or podcast, however you're listening. In yesterday's program, we talked about ways to fire up your marriage by focusing on and getting passionate, fierce about your wedding and marriage vows. Something we all need to take to heart to show the world what marriage and love are supposed to look like according to God, the designer and author of marriage. He places great value on marriage all throughout Scripture. Now, you can go back and check those out anytime at WJMM.com. Again, the podcast tab near the upper right, the Love and Lordship links will get you today's and the previous two days. You can hear all the podcasts at loveandlordship.podbean.com and all the videos at vimeo.com forward slash loveandlordship if you want to do that way. Or you can share them. Please do that if you know help or encourage someone. If you have any questions, contact me or comments. Contact me at loveandlordship at gmail.com. You can also message me on the Facebook page, Love and Lordship. I uh, would love to connect with you and engage with you. And who knows, we might get a conversation going that ends up on the show. So with that said, today, as promised, we're going to look at five things to avoid, or put another way, five ways to ensure a short marriage. None of us wants that, right? God certainly doesn't. So we, we need to understand some of the things that we may be doing in our natural flesh that we need to, as disciples, discipline ourselves out of by the Holy Spirit and move away from these things. That's what it takes not only to walk with the Lord, but to walk through marriage and with others. We live in a world where you can get divorced for almost any reason. That was not nor ever has been God's design and plan for marriage. Actually, it's quite the opposite. I know that our listeners have a desire to please the Lord, so today we're going to highlight things that we may mistakenly think or practice that might be hurting our marriage and what God truly intended. For couples who are struggling, marriage may seem hopeless amid constant arguing, fighting, brokenness, and pain. All of this from the person that was supposed to love you the most, and you're likely doing the same to them. It always takes two, right? But take heart. You can have a better marriage, certainly better and more joyful than you've seen to date if that's the case for you. But it will take work. The whole romantic fairy tale idea of love is very much rooted in the fleshly concept and the worldly concept that the enemy wants us to hang on to. There's nothing wrong with having some of that, but if you want to keep it, you got to work at it because those are natural. They fade. They wane. We want to change that. Often, we must consider the small things that ultimately can lead to divorce. Here are five things that couples often do that they may not even be aware of that can lead to frustrating and maybe even short marriages. Not our goal, right? Number one, I've married the love of my life and we're so compatible that we'll always think alike. Now, if you've been married for uh, uh, five years or five months or five days or five seconds, okay, you likely know that's not true. One of the most powerful quotes, if taken to heart from our book, The Authority of Love, is from the late Dr. Dennis Kinlaw, former and world-renowned professor of Old Testament theology at Asbury University. He said that of all the topics, doctrines, and theologies that he'd studied in Scripture, obviously as a renowned professor of it, that the most difficult and the most rewarding was the study of marriage. 
Having done so, he came up with this profound and powerful definition that speaks to this issue. Marriage is a union of differences. Think about that for a moment or for a while. Let it sink in. God has an incredible purpose in the fact that he created two genders only, male and female, totally different in almost every way as we know. And he did so for, quote, this very reason, unquote, Genesis and Matthew, right? Jesus said it in Matthew, repeating Genesis 1 and 2. In Matthew 19, he said that for this reason, that the two would become one flesh. Why is it that we're fine when we find out we disagree with a friend, uh, but at home, we think we're supposed to agree on everything? The truth is you're two different people, so you will have differing opinions. Healthy marriages don't have an absence of conflict, but they do have the presence of love and peace in the midst of it. Resist the expectation that you will always agree on everything. Embrace God's purpose and teaching of you through the differences to know what love is and ultimately to know and love Him more and each other. If both of you think and act exactly the same, one of you is not necessary. That's certainly not God's purpose for marriage. Number two, and I find this often, your priorities are out of whack, especially when it comes to marriage and your spouse. Remember, from God's word and principles, God's covenant order works like this for all who are married. The first priority must be God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit take priority over everything else And in so doing, they keep everything else in the proper place. Number two, if you're married or planning on or thinking about it when you enter into it, number two is your marriage. Number three is your spouse. And they're not the same. You can get my book and check that out. You'll learn a lot. It's helped so many couples. Then it's children, family, and others. One of the main problems in marriage is, is this issue of God-aligned priorities, which causes us to continually take our marriage and spouse for granted. Remember, when we move any priority the way we want it, even unknowingly, we've essentially taken God off the throne. Early in marriage, your your relationship is almost always the priority. Over time, other priorities start to creep in. Other things are important, That's why priorities are important. Words, work, I should say, and kids quickly become the priorities over your marriage. That should not be. When you or your spouse's priorities get out of line with God's, they start to pull you in different directions. Learn to view your marriage as the most important relationship you have after your relationship with God in Christ. All of the relationships as shared in the priorities I just mentioned, must take a lesser priority compared to your marriage. In every decision and action, this must be evident. That doesn't mean there aren't seasons or moments where you have to make a decision that something has to be taken care of. Now remember, I'm going to say it again. When you decide you can change any of the priorities as you desire, you've just taken Christ off the throne of your heart. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to look at that, but that's the reality of it. By keeping him there, you will be able to keep marriage and all other priorities in their proper place and experience the love and peace we have talked about, even in times of trials and struggles. Number three, 
couples that value appeasement over agreement. Appeasement is nearly, nearly always a bad substitute for peace. Working together to become one, reach agreement, is much more fulfilling and rewarding in the long run than appeasing your spouse just to avoid the drama and frustration. I heard about a guy who was struggling with his spouse. After talking for a while, a friend realized that he and his wife weren't on the same page when making decisions. The friend explained, put it in park. Don't drive forward on this matter until you or your spouse and your spouse are in agreement. I would also add, don't put it in reverse and run away from it. Here's one of the major problems in marriage due to our own selfishness. It's often easy and comfortable to charge forward and make decisions on our own. But in marriage, we are one and becoming one. And in order to fulfill and be blessed in what the Lord has in store for our marriage, we must learn to move forward in agreement. The ability to have healthy, peaceful discussions on areas of disagreement is crucial in marriage. It takes time. You've got to learn, grow in it, but it's crucial. Often couples don't see eye to eye on finances, parenting, in-laws, political issues, whatever that may be. That just means there's room for beautiful and wonderful growth for those who are humble enough to work through it and learn from it. Yes, it's easier to get what you want, comfort, to avoid, to appease, than to work together toward agreement. I promise you this kind of comfort is fleeting and destructive. Working to become one will last and will bless your marriage. Four, true communication and confidence is found in friends rather than in our spouses. Now, let me say this to start with. It's very good to have friends, especially those of the same sex, but there are two problems often found in friends. They don't know the whole story. Hmm, wonder why. And they much more readily side with you than your spouse. Remember, the same is true of your spouse's friends. From the authority of love, we found that the root word of communication is uni or oneness. God's ultimate plan and purpose in marriage to show us his love and oneness with us that Jesus prayed for in John 17. This also strengthens our relationships and confidence in each other and our marriage. When we begin to confide in and communicate more and more intimately, with others than with our spouse, we are moving away from our spouse and hurting our marriage. Don't rationalize or belittle this issue. Infidelity often creeps into marriages in small ways. Today, it's easier than ever to connect privately with an old friend on social media or even in real life. Most affairs start long before sex. Cheating happens with a thousand small decisions such as confiding too much in a friend of the opposite sex far too often leading you to the actual act of infidelity instead share your emotions and concerns with your spouse above all else making sure you confide well in your marriage it's not always easy but it's always worth it now i'll close with the fifth one is food for thoughts our final one to ensure a short marriage very simply yet very profoundly don't forgive your spouse. Need I say more? If you hold on to grudges and never forgive, not only are you not forgiven by our Heavenly Father, look at Matthew 6, 14 and 15, but the weight you carry from your own unforgiveness will eventually destroy you and your love and your marriage. Don't let this happen. Be willing to forgive all things. Let the grudges and burdens go 
and work together to reconcile and restore a covenant marriage in the Lord. Here's an action item for you. Take an honest look at yourself with each one of these five issues. Choose one, any, or all of them that you struggle with and begin today to address them by choosing to see and act to change. Choose to see and act to change what you need to change. Trust the Lord to give you the strength to love your marriage and your spouse the way he intended. Work to make your marriage one that will last a lifetime. Once you've worked on one, go to the second one. Don't overwhelm yourself because each one you improve on will work better for your marriage. Tomorrow, we're back on the positive side. I'll share several things that the happiest couples regularly do. Join us and again, invite family, friends, and even enemies to join us to hear these messages. Again, you can find our book at Amazon, The Authority of Love, S-E-C-O-N-D. Spell it out, second edition. It'll lead you right to it. If you read it, give us a review. I can handle it. I'm a big boy. Love to hear from you on that. Now, again, you can go to our, our website to find out more. There's many more things on there, loveandlordship.com, all spelled out, love, A-N-D, lordship.com. And you can, if you would like to give, you can click on the Give tab there in the, near the upper right corner. Please pray about that. If the Lord's leading you to give to this ministry as a kingdom ministry and tugging on your heart to do so, would you be obedient and follow through? I know he'll bless you, but if it's not our ministry, will you keep praying until he shows you who to do that with? Your church and then other ministries where you can spread this message and encourage others. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day. God bless in Christ. Stay tuned for Bill Reeser and Encounter. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.